You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Hey guys, 1077 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. I am Jerry Ramsey. It's the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. We haven't been around much because, hey, nothing's been happening. But uh, business is starting to pick up. And so, obviously, it's time for us to get around and get things going. John Hamm, Madison Morris is going to be on the podcast today. Brady Trantham not joining us. Uh, I believe he's with his parents, and his parents are doing a podcast. We're not really sure. I mean, that's a weird thing that's happening, but everybody has a podcast. No Ryan Chapman to fill in for him because he's also doing his own podcast. And Guys, podcast upon podcast, while all this has been going on, John, what are some of the podcasts that you've been doing? I've been doing a podcast about a podcast uh, where I do a podcast where I analyze the podcast that I'm listening to. It's called Podcast Inception. Um, so <laughs> I've been uh, I've been really big into that. No, I uh, let's see. I did. Uh, what did I do? I, I, I've jumped on a couple of things. Oh, I was on the Uncontested. Uh, did a little redraft show with them. I've got a little thing with Locked on Thunder uh, coming up probably next week. Uh, of course, I've been doing my OKC Dream Team pod along with uh, along with the guys with that. So, uh, you know, finding a few things here and there to chat about. Madison, what kind of uh, podcasting and uh, basketball insight have you been doing over the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, well, I made a batch of chocolate chip cookies today. I went on a walk. I cuddled with a kitten. Um, yeah, not a lot, actually, Jerry. I'm sorry to break it to you guys. I haven't done a ton of other basketball-related work outside of just kind of chatting with you guys here and there, and now we're doing this podcast. Uh, but I've done a couple of radio spots, obviously, for the, uh, for the franchise and gotten to talk a little bit about basketball that way. This is pretty much the only podcast I'm working on right now. So I was kind of happy when Jerry uh, threw it out there that we could record tonight. Oh, well, there you go. Look at that. Madison Morris, the only one really happy to be doing this. Uh, all right. So let's no, get it's completely it. accurate. <laughs> let's get into it right <laughs> away. Uh, I want to start off kind of seriously. And uh, I'll let Madison go first on this. And John, I'll let you in on this. But honestly, Eddie Sutton passing away, a huge hit to uh, you know, the basketball world and the world in general. I think that um, he was a very complex man. And whenever you say that, he obviously had some ups and downs throughout his life, uh, as all of us do. And it was just, uh, just heartbreaking to see that it took the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame forever to get him inducted in. And then the year that he does it, uh, he doesn't get to celebrate it completely uh, because he passes away. But uh, 84 years old and a giant uh, in college basketball, and Madison, I think a giant on the uh, OSU campus. Uh, just sort of talk about uh, Eddie Sutton and what he really meant to OSU. No, for sure. So I, my dad said it best this morning when we were talking about it because when the news kind of dropped, my parents were already asleep and I was up here um, just by myself. I'm just staying at my parents' house, just a disclaimer, I do not live with them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was quite, not like the shock, but it was like, oh, you know, I think a lot of people knew that it was going to happen. I mean, we've seen him at OSU basketball games. He's been in a wheelchair, you know, he's having to be taken care of. He was such a phenomenal man, lived such a great life and such a great career. And just, I think it got to that point, everyone knew that it was coming sooner or later. And so, um, yeah, it was almost like, I don't know, it was not necessarily a shock, but it really was just kind of a hit because of the impact that he had at Oklahoma State 
and just everything that he did for that university as well as some others. I mean, he coached other places as well. So he really just left his mark at OSU. Um, me being an alumni of OSU, I just, I, it, it hits hard. You know, I've, I've gotten to meet him. I got to shake his hand my sophomore year of college. And, you know, I stood on that court for different performances when I was on Palm and I, you would see his name just written there on the court. Like, you knew his legacy, you appreciated it, you respected it. If you uh, were a basketball fan, you didn't even have to go to OSU to really recognize that. So it was just, you know, it was kind of one of those wholesome moments that you're like, gosh, like this is such a great time to reflect on everything he did for the cowboy culture and for uh, not only the basketball program, but just the university as a whole. And um, he's going to be deeply missed, but he's going to live on forever and just everything that he did. So it was kind of just a good wholesome moment to know that he did get to celebrate uh, the fact that he will be a Hall of Famer now, but now was his time. And so it was just, it was kind of a weird, strange, but also a wholesome moment. So I obviously wish my condolences to his family and I'm excited to see how people will celebrate him. John, I mean, uh, just, you know, like I said, Madison got to talk about that from a OSU standpoint in particular, but I mean, as a basketball guy and, you know, me being an OU basketball fan, uh, it's not surprising how much respect I have for Eddie Sutton because the guy was just phenomenal, uh, especially over the years that, you know, I especially was watching him, but I mean, you're a basketball junkie just like I am and uh, Eddie Sutton, I mean, sitting around with Desmond Mason and talking with him about him just you know, all the stuff we got to learn about Eddie that maybe other people weren't privy to. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we had some some great insight, including some great impressions uh, from Desmond that he shared. Uh, you know, just just lighthearted stuff. And I mean, it just goes to show like how much Desmond and, and a lot of his former players just just loved the guy and revered him. Um, you know, Jerry, that's I went looked last night because when, when I saw the news, uh, it was, you know, in the it was like one o'clock in the morning or something. And, and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I just I started consuming a lot of content, looking up stuff. You know, OSU basketball had made the NCAA tournament once since Hank Iba retired in 1970. I think they I think that was they'd made it once in the the previous 25 years before they hired Eddie Sutton. Eddie Sutton takes over for Leonard, Leonard Hamilton, right? Who is mm-hmm. now 75 years old, looks 26, but Leonard Hamilton was at OSU. Eddie took over, took Leonard's guys to the tournament the tournament they had been to once in the previous 25 years and none under Leonard Hamilton. Um, and it was, it was just on up and up from there within five years, they're in the final four and he proved what nine years later that that wasn't a fluke. Nope. We're back again. Uh, had some just absolutely dominant teams during that time, uh, obviously made a huge, uh, a huge impact in another people, in a number of people's lives. And um, you know, again, it's kind of somber, but I, it, d- knowing that he had to sit down and make 10 phone calls one night and say, your husband, your father, your son's not coming home. Um, I, I, I can't even imagine having to endure that and then get back out and coach, you know, and, and, and carry on. So uh, an awfully heavy burden that he had to carry late in his career, obviously, um, but just, uh, just an outstanding career. And dang it, he should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Yeah. He could have got up and told stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's my that's my big thing about the whole thing, is uh, I mean you saw what a uh, just an incredible career as a player for Mr. Iba, yeah. uh, and you know at OSU, uh, coaching at Creighton, coaching at Arkansas. He beat Wilt Chamberlain. He was on an OSU uh, on a Oklahoma A and M team that beat Wilt Chamberlain in Kansas. So you, I mean, what what do you do whenever you have a guy like that? 
and he loved OSU, absolutely loved OSU, and it was a perfect marriage uh, whenever he shows up. Obviously, um, you know, I'm going to tell you that there was problems at Kentucky, and that probably led to some of the, you know, the, the ire of, of him not getting into the college uh, basketball Hall of Fame uh, sooner than he did. But, um, you know, as far as a legacy and a, a basketball legacy, uh, you would be lucky to find anybody uh, more qualified than a Hall of Famer than A.D. Sutton. So RIP to him. And uh, all this for all three of us uh, just affected differently, but just as deeply. So uh, I want yeah, to know. He, he played a yeah. huge part in, in us uh, maybe despising OSU a little bit more during that time. <laughs> and I think Eddie would appreciate that. No, I absolutely would. And then, you know, <laughs> I get you know, it too. I, like you said, John and Madison, I don't know if you ever saw Desmond, but just to see Desmond do his, uh, well, gosh darn it. Desmond, <laughs> just the you know the impression that Desmond would do, like you said, John, was just mm -hmm. hysterical, and like you said, he, you could tell he was like a second father to that guy. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Want to get that junk? Want to get that junk out of the way early? I'm sorry, oh, Madison. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna piggyback off of it real quick and say it's cool because you guys are talking about Desmond with that, and I wrote in uh, this little piece that I put out that I went to the Posse auction about two years ago. And they had a couple of former players that had been playing under Eddie Sutton. And they got up on that stage. And for, I kid you not, guys, about an hour, they just went all around the table telling all these stories. And it was like big country, Randy Rutherford. Um, I want to say Scott Sutton was up there. I know there were a couple more, and I'm just blanking right now. And so, um, yeah, they just went around table and just told all these funny stories. And it was just so cool to see that yeah, they had their hard times. Obviously, people have their hard times playing college athletics, but the amount of respect that they took away from that, and they were able to just light up talking about him and everything that they've done. So, I mean, when I say he's left an impact, I mean, like, he's left an impact. So, he definitely – His name's definitely, literally on the court. Yeah. It's that's literally the on the court. <laughs> so, that, hey, that's the that's thing. If you, if you leave your mark like that, uh, you've done some stuff. So, you've done like some said, stuff. R.I.P. to Eddie Sutton. Uh, let's get into what we're really here to talk about, though, the NBA, and it's starting to fire up. Uh, whenever you heard, John, that not only is the NBA going to have a conversation about having a conversation, that's how I put it. I think they gave us two to four weeks that they're going to talk about, but both sides are going to talk about when they're going to fire it up. And then the secret uh, special association they might have with Disney World um, where does your mind go with this? Into the unknown. <laughs> well, are you at current? I'm very, I, I'm very, <laughs> very, very impressed. a song, just putting that out um, there. There you go. And, and also, I have not seen Frozen 2, so no spoilers. Uh, really? No, not, no I, my, my kids, like, they, you know, obviously they were all into Frozen, but it's been a few years now. So I, I don't have to endure that unless I want to. Opening weekend, bro. Opening weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, Jerry, you know, this has been brewing for a while, you know, and, and, and I think there's still a lot of stuff up in the air um, and just so many different variables. How many teams do you want to take? Do you want to try to get to 70 regular season games for every NBA team? Do you chop off those teams that have already been eliminated? Do you draw a line in the sand and say, we're going to play 72, and if you're mathematically eliminated at this point, you're not coming with this. Um, it, they're trying to solve multiple math problems in order to complete this season. And, and the biggest number they're trying to solve for is how much money they can recoup, 
how much money can they keep from losing? And, you know, obviously it's a, it's been a very difficult process. It's something that, you know, Major League Baseball is still trying to figure out how to get back on the field safely. Um, and, and with a degree of ac- a high, high degree of accuracy with testing, um, it's something that football is going to come up against. I, I know they're, they're really gung-ho on getting back on the field, but I'm telling you, you know, the NBA and Major League Baseball, uh, Major League Soccer, heck, the NHL. The NHL is trying to put something together. And, you know, everyone's still trying to figure this out. And, um, I mean, it, it comes down to comes down to finances, obviously, but they, they really want to finish this season. Madison? Yeah, no, for sure. I'm excited to hear everything that they're doing right now, just because it's the news that I feel like we've all been waiting for, especially since everything hit. Because I I don't know about you guys, and I think I can speak for a lot of people, but immediately when the season suspended, my first thoughts were, okay, so is it going to resume at some point? Or is it just going to kind of, I don't know, just take a dip and go away? And then we'll try again, maybe in October or something like that. And so this is the news that a lot of people have been waiting for. I'm eager to see. I don't want to say that I'm necessarily excited just because I I don't I have so many different emotions about it and different feelings, but I am very eager to see what they're going to do because I think it's a great concept they have drawn up right now. Uh, you can tell a lot of time and thought has gone into it, and I think that's all people can ask right now is just to make sure that it's very well thought out and very well placed to, you know, protect these guys, protect Uh, the city that's going to take care of them, protect the personnel that's going to be travel with them, and just hopefully it can protect the league and protect the league's reputation because um, I I don't know. I think I was talking to Sam and Chisholm about this, but it's there's so much writing on the NBA resuming right now. I think a lot of people are really wanting to see it succeed, especially the NBA, because their reputation is such at stake because if this goes horribly wrong and people start – really getting affected by it or something just like the littlest thing kind of uh twists and turns and makes it go bad then the nba is really on the line and a lot of people will be looking to it so i I don't know i'm i'm very eager i think it's going to be a really cool thing if they're able to pull it off well which i really do have confidence they can and so i mean it's cool basically that simply to put it it's just really cool to see (laughs) if they're making something happen Real quick, and then I don't know if either one of you are privy to this, but uh, Keith Smith put this out. He uh, covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports. Uh, three to seven games. That's what everybody has left in their schedule. Uh, the teams with three, uh, three games left, Dallas and Atlanta, which, you know, that, and then we'll explain this in just a second, John. You can tell people why this is important. The Clippers and the San Antonio Spurs have seven. So everybody else sort of falls in between that. Uh, if you're wondering about OKC, uh, they are at six. So they're a very high end on that. Remember, they didn't get to finish the one game they showed up for uh, because the other guy called in with coronavirus. So, <laughs> John, Thanks, Karen. <laughs> I, I say that to say this. Uh, why is it important that we know that to reach 70 games, uh, the Clippers need seven games, the Thunder needs six, and like Dallas needs three? Yeah, and uh, this is not true for every team, but I think for the majority of them or, or a significant number. Um, basically, uh, and this has to do with the regional sports networks. So, again, the Oklahoma City Thunder is with Fox Sports Oklahoma. Uh, the Houston Rockets would be with Fox Sports, I think, Southwest or Houston. I don't remember which. Um, and, and every team has some connection with a, uh, with a regional sports network. And, again, a lot of these contracts, if, if they play – you know, in less than 70 games, then 
they have to reimburse the regional sports network for not meeting that mark. And uh, I, I think 70 is sort of a, I don't think that's a uniform number, but this is just sort of, you know, to simplify it, how they've put it out there. So point being, I think that they would like to clear that 70 game mark to address most of the issues. So they don't have to give money back to the regional sports networks. And that's just one less thing they have to worry about losing as part of all this. And then Madison, whenever they do come back, are you, are you interested to, in, in all the NBA coming back, even like the Atlanta Hawks, uh, you know, three games to get them to 70, but what does three games really do for them? I mean, are there certain teams that, I mean, Golden State, Atlanta, maybe New York, uh, they can cash out? Yeah, it's – I'm going to probably sound like a total jerk for saying this, but I think a lot of people are like, I don't care to watch the Golden State Warriors finish out their season. Like, I don't want to see the Atlanta Hawks finish out theirs. Like, who cares? I think it's probably a good thing if they do – just because I don't, I don't want it to become like, okay, the NBA is more choosing sides for lack of a better term. Like, I don't want it to be, oh, the NBA is super one-sided. They're very focused on uh, just lifting up certain teams and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want it to become such a weird thing to where the NBA develops a negative reputation for that. So, I mean, let these guys compete. I think obviously they're not going to compete in the postseason, but they did have that season lined up for them to begin with. So, you might as well, but then I do understand the people who are coming in saying, well, it's kind of pointless for them to put themselves at risk to go and play if they don't even need to go to the postseason. So I completely see that side of it too. Um, I think it's just kind of a sticky situation. If they are going to let every single team kind of finish out their season, that's great. I have no problem with that. If they do come in and they're like, hey, you guys have no chance of going into postseason, there's no reason for you guys to come back and put yourself at risk i totally get that as well yeah and, and i think madison one you know one way i've, I've explained it is <clears throat> i mean yes like the hawks might need to show up and play because another team needs to finish those seven games right, right? you know they, they they may need to show up and do that and kind of even if they're going to go through the motions uh, i even pointed out a team like golden state which has you know a healthy steph curry now, you can make the case, oh, he shouldn't risk it. You know, why Why try coming back? Well, you're also Steph Curry. You're one of the best players in the league. You sell a lot of jerseys. You get a lot of eyeballs on you. So your presence is pretty important. So, you know, I, I would say, and, and Jerry might kind of get where I'm coming from here, if this was the David Stern era, I think every team would be back. I think every single team, every single player would be down in Orlando you know, doing the job. I think with Adam Silver, he's, he's a lot more prone to write um, absent notices for, for some players if they ask for it. And here's the thing, too, is all those, uh, you know, things that we don't talk about but we know happen. Like you said, John, Steph Curry showing up and, you know, waving his little hat to the crowd and doing whatever. The NBA needs all hands on deck. Everybody yeah. needs everybody to come back and to come back like they're putting together a product. Because like you said, John, uh, you know, if uh, the Knicks had to play a playoff team to finish off their 70 games and then we see sort of a lackluster performance, it's just like, you know, you're going through the motions. You're not giving your best product. And the last thing you want to do is not give your best product as your first foot forward trying to tell people, hey, guys, we're back. Because really, you're not. And it, it sort of, you know, it messes up the integrity of the game. And the NBA has fought very, very hard uh, to get back to being uh, one of the, you know, one of the leagues with the most integrity. So that's yeah. very important. 
And and I think I read about the NHL. I think their plan is I think they're they're bringing twenty four teams, uh, but essentially the top four seeds. I think in each what, what do they have a conference? Do they have a I don't know Molson? I, I don't know how they divide. Yes, that the Molson conference. Okay. Uh, yes, and the uh, the Tuke conference. And, and yes, the, and the Labatt and the, the Tim <laughs> Horton. Um, but yeah, I think basically they're sort of having a play in for teams five through twelve. You know, maybe that's a solution that the NBA sort of, you know, steals for all intents and purposes. That way you do leave the the complete don't even bother showing up teams there. But you do still involve some of the other teams that that have a spark left in them, like your Portland, your New Orleans, um, that, that could come in and give you meaningful games to show in the process. Yeah. There's still a handful of teams that have not reported to camp where camps have not opened up. Uh, Cuomo, I think, as uh, recent as today talked about how professional sports can open up sort of trying to encourage these guys to get going uh, where you will. Uh, but Oklahoma City is one of the camps that are opened up and we've seen through Instagram and through uh, Channel 4, uh, a bunch of the stars already making some hay in there. We've seen Chris Paul. We've seen Dennis Schroeder. We've seen Danella Gallinari. Um, it looks to me as if Oklahoma City wants to tie a bow on this season. And they want to, I think they're excited to find out what they can do. And with the way the season turned out, uh, Madison, right now, I really don't know what to expect from the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I actually have higher expectations for them going into the second half than I did them going into the playoffs. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And honestly, they look super locked in right now, just with how eager they were to get back in the practice facilities. I mean, like you said, Jerry, uh, Danilo Gallinari has been posting his videos every single day since the facility opened. He's doing every single workout that he possibly can. He's been on all these podcasts even before the facilities open, talking about what he has been doing to keep himself uh, in shape and ready to go when that time comes. Chris Paul has talked so much about how he wants to play. He wants to continue the season. And then you have Dennis Schroeder, and then Terrence Ferguson has been back in the facilities. He's been posting about it. Like, I think these guys are super hungry, and it also comes from the leadership that they're under right now. Like, I think they have some really good vet guys in the league. Like, Chris Paul, this might be his first year as part of the Thunder, but he's been in this league. Like, he wants to fight. He wants to get out there and play with his teammates. And I think that it, it leaks over into the other guys. So I think slowly but surely we're going to see these other uh, players start to trickle back in, especially for Oklahoma City. John, they really want to play. Is this, is this lip service or not? No, I, I, I think I think they do. I mean, uh, look, I mean, Chris Paul, again, I, I go back to a statement that he gave Billy Donovan, like back in training camp, you know, I, I don't know how to how to go halfway on this. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but, you know, when there was so much concern about is Chris Paul really bought in on being here? Does he want to be here? And he basically said, I, I don't know how to do it halfway. And then he showed that throughout the season. So I think that that competitive juice just continues to grow. So uh, I, I feel like it's legit. And also, I don't know if you saw this, Jerry, on Twitter, but uh, this came from Scott McGregor, and he, he notified the, uh, our, our friends at Down to Dunk. He was at a CVS in Edmond and saw Ray Felton <gasps> at CVS. Ray! So who knows? Who knows? Why else would Ray Felton willingly spend retirement time in Oklahoma City during a pandemic? I, I don't know. You tell me. He's ready to go. Already, last season, I saw Raymond Felton at a Sonic getting yeah. two ice creams. I think they were Sonic Blast. I'm not trying to be that guy. I literally was parked next to him, but he was getting Sonic Blast. And 
listen, I can tell you that all day, John. It didn't work out for him this season. He didn't show up in Oklahoma City. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he had to stop at CBS and, you know, get some conditioner. I Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they have great, they have great clearance yeah. candy. I got some, uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess some, yeah. some jelly beans there for 99 cents. So, and, and I think Felton is, I think he was actually around OKC quite a bit before, um, you know, the suspension of the season. <clears throat> and I mean, it's, it's sort of a very minor note here. I mean, it's, there's the possibility that the, the NBA allows teams to expand by a roster spot or two, given all the uncertainty. So, you know, I mean, Roy Felton can't wear number two anymore. I mean, that's taken. Yeah, We're good now. So I don't know yeah. what he's going to wear, but but uh, bust out that whatever jersey you got of his. And it ruins my jersey that I bought too. I rather I bought yeah. a number two jersey, and now great. I guess it's vintage. So we'll go there. <laughs> oh, fun. Uh, okay, Madison. Uh, while we we're away, it looks like the Utah Jazz, who was number four in the playoffs, and Oklahoma City was number five. Uh, and if you in fan fiction, you write Thunder fan fiction, they would have beat Utah and jumped yeah. into the four seed. Since we've left that, Utah has gone uh, gone under an injury that has knocked out Bodanovich. Which Bodanovich? Because I don't know my Bodanoviches. It's not Bogdan. It's with the sweet J. Okay, so it's Bojin. It's, uh, it's Bojin. Boyan, yes. <laughs> Bojin Bogdan. It's Bojangles. Then, yes. Okay, so that's a starter uh, that is out for Utah. Plus, we found out that maybe Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, not the best of friends. Uh, this team is tearing apart right in front of our eyes before they get back together. Does that help catapult the Oklahoma City Thunder with uh, whatever little bit of the uh, regular season left, Madison? I mean, it might. I, I don't know. Like you said, that's a starter for the Jazz that's out, and it's a season-ending one. So, I mean, it's not to be taken lightly, and they're going to have to make some adjustments. So, uh, I think right now, any little thing is something that Oklahoma City can take advantage of. And especially if they want to shoot up there, if they're going to play out the remainder of the season before they go into a playoff or whatever it's going to be. I mean, yeah, that it could work to Oklahoma City's advantage. I feel like a monster sitting here and saying like, yes, he's hurt. This is great for the Thunder. But I mean, it's the reality of it. Like if this guy's going to be hurt, he's going to be out. Then uh, yeah, Quinn Snyder and the Jazz are going to have to put together something different. And like if, the Thunder are all coming back super healthy. They're coming back super ready to play. I mean, yeah, they're going to go out there and possibly exceed expectations. And Jerry, you said it a little bit earlier. I mean, they they look like they're ready to go. They look like they're really ready to actually play some basketball. So if they're going to get out there and do it, and uh, the Jazz are going to be a little bit shorthanded, then yeah, it, it continues to look pretty good for Oklahoma City moving forward. Did, uh, does the Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell thing, does that bother you at all, John? Do you think that maybe Utah is going to have to split these guys up? or uh, I mean, because this isn't, this isn't maybe if somebody took somebody's girlfriend. Or, you know, you think about that, the situation in Dallas Mavericks <laughs> from years ago. They're not all, you know, they weren't dating Tony Braxton. Uh, this was COVID-19. And Donovan Mitchell was really sour about that. Uh, from everything you've read and, and maybe guys you've talked to, are they going to be able to mend this thing or are they going to split these guys up? You know, one thing that I guess the feedback that I've got is like, you know, that just did, it didn't just start because both Gobert and Donovan Mitchell tested positive for COVID-19 and, you know, flip a coin who, who, who knows 
who, you know, where, which direction it went. Uh, but the point being is that I, I think there was some friction there even before that. So now, Jerry, as, as we know, you don't have to be best friends to be on an NBA team. Um, you can have a great deal of success and, and not have a lot to do with the other guy. But, you know, uh, Utah may have to sit down and, and, and have a hard look at this in the offseason. Um, you know, for one thing, Donovan Mitchell is coming up to where he can get his rookie scale contract extended. Um, virtually every player does that. He could, you know, waffle on signing that deal and try to force their hand a little bit. Uh, Gobert is coming up, uh, I believe, next year is the last year of his contract. Um, you know, they might take a look at this and say, you know what, maybe we can move Gobert now, recoup something, make Donovan a lot more happy. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the end result of this is. I'm, I'm not one, you know, that's jumping up and down saying you've got to move one or the other. It'll never work. Um, but I think there's some other reasons why Utah might have to take a long look at that this summer. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, Chris Paul is going to be producing a documentary uh, about sports during COVID-19. Uh, we, we have one of the players in Oklahoma City that definitely – uh, whose hands reaches outside the NBA. And uh, I just, I think that's phenomenal that, you know, we have Chris Paul in Oklahoma City. Uh, John, how long are we going to have him for? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And look, a lot of that could, could uh, depend on what happens with the salary cap over the summer, right? Um, if, if there's a significant drop, well, uh, maybe his contract is not that movable after all. Um, you know, I, I still think it, it only takes one team to come together and come to an agreement and make it happen. And then if you've got Chris, who's obviously got a significant amount of, play, of player power, um, a lot could happen. But, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. And, you know, Jerry, as we saw this season, I don't know that the Thunder can fully actually rebuild as long as Chris Paul's on the team. Right. As long as he's there, he's going to keep him competitive. Um, and so I think it's kind of a balancing act there. You know, obviously the Thunder would at some point like to completely turn the page. Um, and uh, if, if there's circumstances out of their control that maybe prevents the Chris Paul trade, you know, that could have some some ripple effects here. Madison, they fell in love with Chris Paul this season. It's a short term love affair. Uh, can you and I know you're a big Bachelor fan. Uh, and things have to happen right now and yep. immediate and sparks have to fly in six weeks and they got to get married. <laughs> but are you willing to look long-term? Do you see Chris Paul being here in Oklahoma city? Maybe not the best idea for Oklahoma city. I don't know. I mean, there's been so many good points made about this to where Chris Paul is what 35 years old now. And so he, if he wants to get out there and win a title, like he's going to really have to take this seriously. And if he's not really the type, that cares too much about that, which I mean, I don't want to really guesstimate on that. I have no idea what type of basketball player he is, except a passionate one. And so, I mean, yeah, it, I don't necessarily see him staying here, but at the same time I do, if that makes sense, because I think he has really taken the city by storm and he really enjoys playing with the thunder. He likes being here. He likes the people, he likes the atmosphere and he speaks very highly of that. And I see it as being an like kind of an authentic way, which is great. But at the same time, I would not be shocked to see him move on. And honestly, I don't blame him. If he's getting towards the end of his career, he's probably wanting to actually be on a true cont or title contending team. And so I don't know, guys. I mean, I would love for him to stay because I really see a big change in the program now that he is on board with them. But I don't know. I guess it will be. <laughs> <laughs> we have to wait and see. That's 
that's the most solid I don't know I've heard in a long time. Um, and John, and a couple more points, and then uh, uh, really appreciate you guys hanging out and doing this. But a couple more points we get to in just a second. Uh, John, uh, talking about this Chris Paul thing though, and, and him being Oklahoma City, the potential amount of uh, money and revenue that the NBA are going to lose. Uh, going forward, just like everybody in the world is losing money on, on things, this might force Oklahoma City's hands just to sort of keep Chris Paul full term in this contract and not flip it. Uh, and you just mentioned it whenever you're talking about Chris, about them not being able to go ahead and, um, you know, get, get things going in a restart. Uh, this is going to be a, an interesting thing to follow with the Oklahoma City Thunder and with the NBA. I mean, is there a legitimate chance that the NBA is going to lose so much money that a lot of teams are just going to be stuck with what they have? Yeah, uh, I mean, look, it, it obviously depends on are they able to complete the playoffs this season uh, in, in some degree. And obviously they're going to lose a lot of money just because they can't have people in the stands, right? Uh, that means you know, no parking. That means no concession. Uh, that means no human beings in the building. Like there's, there, there's a huge revenue uh, stream there that's evaporated so uh, and this is why you're also hearing you know talk on pushing the start of next season a few months just so that way you know there's more likely to be human beings in the arena hopefully possibly knock on wood so yeah it's um you, you said jerry i mean everyone everyone is feeling this one way or another uh, the nba is no different the, uh, the the salary cap system wasn't really designed for this it was sort of when it was designed, it was, okay, well, when our profits go up next year, it'll be X. And when they go up again the following year, it's going to be X. And when they go up again, and it's not really designed for a massive fall. So I think you're going to see both sides come back to the bargaining table and try to figure out what is a fair way to split the loss. Because player contracts are, are inked, right? And, you know, the owners are, are going to be looking at, at revenue losses there. I would imagine you're going to see some some working together to try to close that gap somehow, and you know, hopefully they're gonna they're gonna fare better than like Major League Baseball has been. They've been trying to do something very similar, it hasn't gone well. All right, and uh, okay, so this is something I, I, I sort of stealing from somebody, but uh, and I forgot who, so I'm completely stealing it. Ready? <laughs> oh, is okay. Eddie Radosovich? Eddie Radosovich tweeted this out. And he heard, and, and nothing's confirmed, and you can report whatever you think, but he heard that possibly that the NBA is going to expand its roster and leave a roster spot at the end, uh, but they're going to have to include a classic Disney character. Um, oh. So I need from you guys right now, if you could draft any Disney character, and I'll go first again and give you some time here, any Disney character to have at the end. Now, you remember, Space Jam's already done this. So they did it with the Warner Brothers right. guys. So right. it has to be a right. Disney character. I'm going first. I'm going with the number one draft pick, Goofy. <laughs> We've seen Go – first of all, it's there. He's tall. He's long, especially in today's NBA. Definitely think he's a two-way player. Defensively, the guy has the potential to be definitely all-rookie defensive team. And who knows, work his way up to NBA all-defensive player. Uh, offensively, he is a little uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Goofy. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, to get his shot off in the NBA, it's probably going to take some time. But immediately, uh, I'm thinking, what, Thibel up in uh, Philadelphia? Mm -hmm. Just kind of mm -hmm. that kind of guy who can you can already sort of fit in there in defensive things. But 
were kind of shot. And the next thing you know, uh, you have a substantial starter uh, and, and maybe a, a, a three and D guy. So I'm going goofy. Uh, in a draw, uh, Madison, I'll let you go second. I was going to say goofy. So <laughs> I had a last minute change real quick. I actually just had to IMDB this because I forgot his name. But it's Kristoff uh, from Frozen. I'm looking <laughs> him because, okay, you guys have seen Frozen, right? He is like yes. big, broad shoulders, like big. He looks like a Steven Adams type of dude. Like he, he would kill some humans if he needed to. And so oh. I'm going to go with Kristoff, like, I really think that he would be great in the low post, like really get in there, throw some elbows around, protect the paint, get some good rim action. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kristoff. Okay. All right, John. All right. <clears throat> so uh, Pixar is owned by Disney. So their line of characters also count. Therefore, I'm going with Woody from Toy Story. And here's why, Jerry. <laughs> oh, oh. I, you know, you know how I am about team chemistry, right? About uh, about glue guys that keep guys together. I mean, look at what all Woody has led that cast of characters through over the years. Uh, you want you want a leader like that on yes. your team at the end of your bench. And I'll tell you what, I bet you that guy could draw a charge. I bet his jersey <laughs> would hang in the rafters in Chesapeake Energy <laughs> Arena. Hold on, hold Woody. on. <laughs> You're making a comparison to Woody. To some, I can't really put my <laughs> finger on it. There's a guy that you're kind of saying, just like you said, a glue guy, right? There's a snake in my boot. That's, you know, <laughs> and it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh, all right, Woody. Uh, Woody for uh, for fifteenth man. Okay. All right. Good job. Good job. Uh, excellent job, by the way. I didn't throw that guy. I didn't throw that out to you in pre-production. So, and I took Goofy, who's the best one. Um, <laughs> all right, Madison, finally, before we get out of here, let's get some sleaze. Uh, we're talking about, you know, a lot of these players uh, that have been uh, donating their money to COVID-19 causes and, you know, raising money and uh, getting PPE out to their, you know, their places, uh, you really take your hats off. And there's just so many of them in the NBA that are doing it. Uh, and then there's other dudes that have made some, uh, <laughs> made some news on the other side of this, uh, can you tell us about uh, our, our fun little hero in, uh, and I like why I said that, our fun little hero in Miami? Yeah, so uh, everybody's been having quite the quarantine, apparently. So you've seen different guys who have either lost weight, put on weight, they have different hairstyles, let their beards grow out. And then you have Tyler Hero, who has somehow made a romantic connection with uh, an IG model who I learned is actually Kyle Kuzma's ex-girlfriend that he refused to let her claim him so he would just like keep her in secret and now Tyler Hero has her and I'm just like ah this is all connecting the dots okay cool so yeah, um, he shot a shot at like the very beginning of quarantine. And then our great personal friend, Robert Littell at Black Sports Online, released that it worked. And apparently he's been seeing her during quarantine. And um, I don't I don't even want to know what's been happening, but I'm sure it hasn't been great. <laughs> John Talahiro, uh, whenever we last left the NBA, very promising young rookie. Uh, after hibernation and uh, sharing an igloo with Kuzma, uh, how do you think he's going to come back on the other side of this? I mean, here's what I'm trying to think about. If he had been traded to Oklahoma City 
as people thought you know was going to yep. happen in the Chris Paul trade. Yep. Uh, would he would he have Kyle Kuzma's ex in that scenario, or would it be I like know. I don't know, Jerry? No, no. I, I'm, not, I'm I'm wondering. She's not sunbathing by by Hefner Lake. <laughs> she's not trying to come down and go to i don't know an edmund local pool or something she wants a, a local cvs maybe there you go um, yeah like raymond yeah. felton it's a place to go did, did your person who saw raymond felton did they say what he was buying i did not no no did not get those details quick all right i, I used to do this all the time where i used to work uh the three item challenge all right what three items was Raymond Felton buying, Madison? Go. <laughs> he is buying face moisture. No, cocoa butter. He's buying um, probably, I can see, he seems like a flosser. He's probably buying some floss. And then I'm just going to, like, throw it out there. And maybe he, like, checked out the battery sale and was getting some batteries. That's what well, I go to CVS for. They always have sales on batteries. B, triple uh, A, or double A? Definitely a double A guy because he doesn't use any of that triple A stuff. Yeah, forget that triple A stuff. <laughs> no, nope. uh, Jerry, he uh, he got ice cream, uh, a full <laughs> calorie Coca Cola, uh, probably a two liter, and um, something out of the frozen section. I I, I don't I don't know something, uh, s some hungry man thousand calorie. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, the yeah, the dinners. I got you. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh to say this is fun would be saying something, so I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it looks like in the next couple of weeks we're gonna start doing these a little bit more and chugging around a little bit more. Uh and I think I'll make the official statement and I'll do it on Twitter. Uh in two weeks we'll talk about having the conversation in two weeks. <laughs> How's that? Wow. How's that sound? I will let, well, hang on, let me get my calendar out. Let me make sure I uh <laughs> Put a note in there. Yeah, put a reminder in there. Okay. And we probably need to tell Brady now so he can make sure that he can show up. So. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure you know uh, I have the best mom and dad podcast that he's going to come up with or whatever is going to be great, and you'll be able to hear that uh, <laughs> yeah. later as we go along. So, uh, Madison, Madison, thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. John, it's, it's our show, Madison. John, oh. thanks. Thank you, Jerry. Right. Heartfelt. Thank you. For the Franchise Center Insider Show, Jerry Ramsey. Uh, we'll be back here pretty soon. <laughs>